Dave and Ryan's movie review and action. Everyone loves going to the movies. And while some are amazing, some are awful. Fortunately, we have Dave and Ryan, two guys with nothing better to do than watch movies of today and movies of yesterday. So get your popcorn ready, silence your phones, and relax, because the show is about to begin. Cue Dave and Ryan in three, two, one. It's Dave and Ryan's movie review. Sponsored by Nobody. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. That's right. Dave and Ryan going to sit back, kick back with you for the next hour or so, talk about movies. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing fabulous, Dave. How about yourself? I'm doing well. How was your week? It was swell. We're going to have to relive a movie that neither one of us really liked too much today. No, not really. But we'll get there in just a moment because, you know, we've got to start off like we do every week. We got to take a trip to Hollywood. Welcome to Hollywood Boulevard, a place of glitz, glamour, and dreams. Just kidding. This place is a dump. That's why Dave and Ryan come here each week. You get the news from Hollywood without fearing for your life on the Walk of Fame. It's This Week in Hollywood. All right, first up, I know this you're going to be excited about this one. Dwayne Johnson's next movie is... The live-action Moana remake. That's right. He was on Jimmy Fallon on the t- with the Tonight Show. Uh, he said that he was asked to give an update regarding the live-action Moana remake now that the strike has ended. And the live-action Moana remake is currently scheduled to release June 27th, 2025. Nice. I like that movie. Hey, Dave. I don't know if you've ever seen it or not. Dave, do you smell that? Uh-huh. You smell what the, the rock is cooking. I can smell what he's getting ready to cook. Oh yeah, Moana! I wonder who they're going to have play the voice to chicken. I don't know. <laughs> it would actually be really cool if they had Adam, uh, uh, what is it, Alan, Alan Tudyk? Yeah, because that's the guy that did it in the movie. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it would only be right. It would. So we got that to look forward to. We know what he's because uh, let's be honest, Dwayne Johnson needs a hit. Yeah, it, it's been a while. It's been a minute. He's come out with a lot of movies, but some of them have been kind of like, meh. Not really good. Yeah. All right, speaking of movies that aren't really good, uh, Taika Waititi was at the helm for the last two Thor films in the uh, MCU, but judging by his recent comments, he may be done with the God of Thunder. Speaking to Business Insider, Waititi said, or he was asked, excuse me, if he was involved at all in the future of the Thor franchise, especially with rumors swirling that a fifth film is in development, and he wasted no time in revealing, I would not know if that is accurate. I know that I won't be involved. Ooh. I liked Ragnarok. It was good. I liked it. It was. It was really I good. did not care for, for Love and Thunder. It was just a it, bad movie it, all the way around. It had it its was, moments. It was, yeah, it had its moments, but... He- he literally phoned it in. He did, literally, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, and that's the bad thing about him is he has had some movies that have been fantastic. Oh yeah, Jojo Rabbit is an unbelievable movie. Yes, it's funny and it is a dark comedy, <laughs> but it is an unbelievable movie. And the next one that he's got coming out, it comes out right now. It'll it's in theaters. Uh, next goal wins. That movie looks fabulous. Yeah, I am looking forward to seeing. I that. really want to go see that one. So. We'll see where the day takes us when it comes to Taika Watiti and whatever is going to happen with Thor 5. That's unbelievable. He is actually 
if he does get that, well, I think he already is. He's the only uh, character in the MCU that's got four films. Yeah, Iron Man stopped at four. Three. Three? Yeah. So, and Iron Man 3 was atrocious. So, <laughs> it's a good thing that Robert Downey Jr. was in that one. Are, uh, you, are you sure it was only three? Yep, it was only three. I, I Iron Man 3 was the one with Guy Pierce in it. He was oh, the villain. Okay. Uh, Mickey Rourke was in Aldridge Killian. Uh, Mickey Rourke was in two. Okay. Yeah, that one was atrocious. Yeah, that one wasn't good either. See? Mickey Rourke's just a bad actor. He is. I said it. And, it, you know, he, he really got a lot of free lunches because of his work in The Wrestler. He won an yeah, Academy I was, Award. I was going to say, that the only movie I will give him credit for is The Wrestler. All, all his other movies, of, it's just no. It's yeah, just a no it's just no. Me. All right, at the box office this week. Number five, Killers of the Flower Moon, $4.6 million for the week. It was 59.9 for uh, its run total. Priscilla stays at number four with another $4.7 million. Jordan loved that movie. He did, bringing it to 12.7. Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour, $5.9 million, total of 172.5. Five Nights at Freddy's will not go away. Number two. With $9 million, bringing its total to $127.2 million. And the Marvels, $47 million in its first week. And here's the thing that's frustrating about that. It was panned because it didn't hit estimates. Yeah. Maybe it's you a should, good movie. It's a good movie, and maybe you should quit making movies that cost so much. Yeah. Just going to throw that out there. You know, it is a good movie. I think it... it I'm, I am so sick... Of the uh, the internet people that just get on there and just bash a movie that probably and they probably haven't even seen it. I guarantee you they haven't seen it. And they're just talking and trashing these movies. And you know what? Go see it. Draw your own conclusions. It's a great film. Yep. It, it it truly truly is. All right. So this show this week we're going to talk about the Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And with Thanksgiving upon us, we're going to talk about some Thanksgiving movies. Yay! Everybody has them. And then, of course, we're going to revisit one of my favorite segments, Does It Hold Up? And I've picked a movie that, you know, it's an older movie, and it'll be interesting to, you know, get your take on it. All right, but before we go there, we got to have an honest movie review. Welcome into another honest movie review. Today, we go back to 2016 for the comedy fantasy reboot of Ghostbusters, starring Melissa McCarthy. We have dedicated our whole lives to studying the paranormal. Now there's sightings all over the city. There are people out there that need our help. Get out of my friend, ghost! Ow, that's gonna leave a mark! The power of pain compels you! I saw this movie on an airplane and still walked out. I can't wait to speak with you again next week. So, yeah, this movie was terrible. It was so bad. It truly was. Melissa McCarthy cannot act. No. And she the thing about Melissa McCarthy is she's the same character in every movie she's in. Yeah. Even Thor couldn't save this movie. No. No. In fact, he. It, 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 I, I saw an article. I can't remember where I saw it. He said that he thought that that movie was going to kill his career. <laughs> it almost did. Just going to put that out there. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. We'll take a trip back to Pan Am. So you stick around. Yeah. 
Everyone on set, shut up. Shut up. These two buffoons are about to talk about a new release. Dave and Ryan's movie review segment one. Action. What's more exciting than a brand new release to the movie theater? According to Dave and Ryan, nothing. They're the first to see it, so you're the first to hear about it. And this week's latest release is The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Years before becoming the tyrannical president, 18-year-old Coriolanius Snow remains the last hope for his fading lineage. With the 10th annual Hunger Games fast approaching, the young Snow becomes alarmed when he's assigned to mentor Lucy Gray Baird from District 12. Let's see what Dave and Ryan think of The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is rated PG-13 and playing nationwide. All right, let's get into it. This movie, two hours, 37 minutes, which I feel you probably could have cut about an hour off of this movie. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't good. Uh, rated PG-13, uh, Rachel Ziegler, Peter Dinklage, Jason, Jason Schwartzman, who saved the movie, really, for me. Yeah. It's about the only bright spot, and Viola Davis. Uh, a lot of people are curious and, and are wondering about this movie. It is a prequel. Yes. It is. It tells you all about Coriolanus Snow uh, years before he would become the tyrannical president of Pan Am. Yeah, he was like, I believe he was like either 18 or 19. He had movie. to have been like 18 because he was in college. Yeah. Um, and and kind of shows you the hard times that the Snow family actually had. Yes. Which was kind of different. Uh, he sees a chance for a change in his fortunes when he is chosen to mentor the, uh, 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 comp- uh, what is it, a tribute? Yes, tribute. a tribute in the tenth annual Hunger Games, only to have his elation dashed. What is he assigned to a mentor? A girl tribute named Lucy Gray from the impoverished District Twelve, and that's not all he does. <laughs> no, there's a there's definitely a love story Love's here. Love's in the air. That's right. I before I think before we get into this, I think we need to just come clean. I need to come clean at least before I say what I'm about to say about this movie. I did not like. The Hunger Games movies. I was not a big fan. Okay, they were they were okay, but the difference between those movies and this movie is character development. In this movie, the only person who really got a character development was Snow, so you really didn't care about anyone else, mm-hmm. and so it kind of rushed over a lot of things just for his benefit, which. Um, honestly, uh, inside this three-hour movie, basically, it is th- two and a half hours, um, it was broken down into sections. Like, the first section was the mentoring ship, like we talked about, and then there's more um, sections, which uh, I, I won't tell you. You go see the movie. Um, but most of those sections could have been their own movie. They could like have. The fir- like, the first section, the mentoring. In, in the original Hunger Games, that was basically the first movie was uh you know the uh Katniss volunteers and then you know her whole going through you know basically parading herself around to get money and um and basically uh people you know y- you got to know her character other characters and basically the people who were uh like the main like uh, the game master uh snow 
Um, um, oh, what was uh, Lenny Kravitz was in the movie too. He was fabulous. Yeah, he he was uh, and Woody like Harrelson the costume was great. designer. Yeah. yeah, you know, you got to know these people and actually care about them. In this movie. You don't care about anybody. You're, you're not really. You already know Snow is a bad guy, mm-hmm. so you can't. You know, at some point you're like, oh, oh, wait, no, he's he's bad. You know, so there's really no character development at all in this movie. It's just, I I, I don't want to say a money grab because we talked about that earlier. It's definitely not a money grab. I think it was you know trying to be set up for something else, maybe. I I don't know, and and like you said, I think the first. The first part of the movie uh, about just that mentorship could have been a movie on its own because yeah. you you meet all these other you know tributes from all the other districts and you never get invested in them yeah, at all. You you really don't get it. Well, the movie starts uh, um, towards the end of the war, which is why they had the Hunger Games. It shows them as a, a probably an eight year old little kid or something, something like that. Yeah, and they're like scavenging for food. And then it's just done. You don't see anything else about that. Yeah, and, and then it... So I, we figured, though, it says three years before the first Hunger Games. Yeah. And then when he is he is mentoring in the Hunger Games, it's the 10th. So yeah. we're, there's this 13-year gap. I would, It has to be, yeah. right? Does that make sense? And, yeah, you just... You don't get invested in any of the tributes. You really are only invested in Snow because that's the only one you know. Yeah, and then like even his family is like really kind of distant. You got his grandmother that he lives with, and then his weird cousin who I thought didn't have eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at her, you're like, does she have eyebrows? It was just weird. It, it was, and and I used that word, and that's what I told you when we came out of it. I'm like, I have never used this word to describe a movie ever. It was clunky. It was. It was just disjointed it, it was like it was thrown together and then just pushed out for everyone to see it's almost like each part and i think we decided that we there were three different parts but it's like almost each part was directed by somebody else yeah this movie was basically picked for tribute and then sacrificed yes and like i said it we, we decided it couldn't be a money grab because it could have been two or three movies yeah yeah the first section alone could have been a whole three-hour movie and there is, you know, there's nothing that I take away from this movie, honestly. You know, I, I there's not a scene that, you know, um, as I said, Jason Schwartzman in it is the saving grace. Yeah. He obviously plays someone that is like either a grandfather or somebody to Stanley Tucci's character in the Hunger Games movies. And he has that same charisma and, yeah, he, and everything he, he, else he plays about him. The first host, yeah, of the Hunger Games. Uh, Viola Davis, I said, is either brilliant or crazy. Can't decide which. I honestly a little bit of both, but you really don't know a whole lot about her either. She's this great character, and she's just. This is what I do. Th- yeah, you know, I don't you know, know why nothing, I do it. But you know this is what nothing I do. about her. Yeah, and then Peter Dinklage is probably next to Snow. Peter Dinklage's character is probably the one you get the most out of that you learned the most about does that make sense kind of you know he, he's um you know towards the end you find out that he was actually like a caring person but throughout uh the movie you know he only has a few different scenes because he's the the the, he de- invented the dean of the college right but he invented at. the hunter yeah Hunger him and snow's, and father. snow's father yeah, yeah. so you get a little bit backstory about him but not a whole lot it's just like he just you know, like, oh, and here's the Dean. And then, like, everyone, like, just turns around to look, and he's sitting there, like, with his little flask. 
I'm the dean. Hey. Yeah, I. Uh, you know nothing about him. He's just, you know, when you know uh, Peter Dinklage is a great actor. He is, and he he tried to give this character as much depth as he could with nothing. With the tools that he was given. Yeah, yeah. he had like there was so much they could have they could have done with him, but nothing. You know, when when you found out his father or him and uh, Snow's father were best friends. You could have elaborated on that, but no, it, everything's just glossed over. And I, I, I don't know. There is, there is a moment for, of the relationship between um, Lucy Gray and Snow where you think it's going to work out, and then Snow just turns and he realizes, and and that's probably probably the most poignant scene at the in the movie is at the very end when he's talking with uh, Viola Davis and she asks him, you know, what did you learn about the Hunger Games? What is it? Yeah. And he explained what he learned from it. And And that's when he became the snow we all know. Yes, the snow we know. Snow always lands on top. (laughs) He ain't wrong. Yeah, that was a quote from the movie, and that was a good one. He ain't wrong. (laughs) So I had to give this one two and a half uh, buckets of popcorn out of five. I... Once again, I was not a big fan of the first Hunger Games movies. This movie to me just seemed clunky. There's not a lot of character development in it. And that's why it's rated as low as it is. If you liked the Hunger Games movies and you are were into them and you want a little bit more background on snow, then I say go see this. You're going to learn what you need to know. Yeah. I, I like the first Hunger Games movie. Um, you know, like I said, there was a lot of, you know, gave a lot of depth to a lot of the characters. The, the next two, not so much. They, you know, they kind of, you know, uh, they, they broke basically a book into two. So they, you know, they were kind of, they tried to draw certain things out, which didn't really work for me. And then the whole, like, especially in the, the last movie of the original three, when they're storming, um, the capital it just kind of glosses over that when uh, her sister dies and everything and so you know like i said i was a fan of the first one and honestly this one was like watching the last movie it just fell the short original. yeah it just wasn't there and that's why i gave it two buckets of popcorn all right so there you go go see it if you like the hunger games movies go see this one it's it's a great backstory yeah. for snow but if you weren't into the Hunger Games movies, then this one probably is not for you. And you know what? Just go find something else. Get to your local theater and, and go out and watch a movie. That's yeah, all we can you tell you. if you don't agree with us, go on our webpage and tell us. Yeah, tell us. We'll hey, you're totally wrong here with this one. And, you know, we're reasonable people. I'm not. I know. When we come back, we're going to be talking Thanksgiving movies because it is that time, right? Oh, yeah. Hey, idiots, we're back from commercial. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment two, and action. So coming up Thursday, it's Thanksgiving. My favorite end-all, beat-all holiday, and I, I like it for the fact that there's nothing else attached to it other than you sit with your family and you have a meal. That's it. Yeah, I, I like Thanksgiving. It's it's one of my top two holidays. And, you know, maybe there are some people out there, I haven't met one yet, that doesn't like to watch football on Thanksgiving. So we came up with four Thanksgiving movies that are, as my estimations, you got to watch these sometime during the holidays. Yeah, if you season. don't like football, watch one of these. Yes. First up, 
Dutch. I love this movie. 1991, PG-13, working class, blunt, down-to-earth, good guy construction worker, Dutch Dooley, played by Ed O'Neill. Al Bundy. That's right. Is the current boyfriend of a wealthy, snobbish tycoon's ex-wife. Uh, he volunteers to drive the woman's son home for, to Chicago for Thanksgiving from his Georgia boarding school. Uh, he just doesn't expect a, a picturesque adventure with a 12-year-old snobby boy who disapproves totally of him dating his mom. Uh, this movie, it had been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah. And I sat down and I watched it the other night and I was just, I was laughing uncontrollably some of this stuff. Uh, the the mom is played by Joe Beth Williams. I love her and everything she's been in. Uh, the dad is even more despicable than he was in Happy Gilmore. Shooter McGavin <laughs> Shoot plays McGavin. dad. And he is worse than he was in, in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> You know, it, it's probably the same guy. It is the same. Well, it could be. I don't know. Maybe that's where he got all of his money. But it's just, you know, Ed O'Neill thinks because he he really and truly loves this kid's mom, mm-hmm. and she wants him home for Thanksgiving, even though she knows he won't come home for Thanksgiving because he's supposed to go with his dad, and the little brat snot nosed kid uh, will not leave. The dad flakes out, and so Ed O'Neill offers to go pick him up, and. Uh, a lot of violence and hilarity ensues. Yes, a lot of violence. And and I told you my favorite scene in this whole movie. They end up having to hitchhike back because they've lost everything. Yeah, the 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 kid basically destroyed the car. He destroyed the car. All their money got stolen by a couple of female ladies of the evening, prostitutes that gave them a ride. Uh, so they hitchhike on a truck. The truck gets locked into this like a shipping yard, and they're walking out, and the security guards are chasing them. Yeah. Well, they, well, they, they, they well they're just telling they, them to get out. They rough them up on the way out. They're telling them to get out. And Ed O'Neill starts acting like the kid is crazy. Because the whole movie, it doesn't necessarily revolve around it, but they've got this pellet gun. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to tell you about it. He <laughs> see, The kid sees the pellet gun, and he grabs it, and Ed O'Neill starts telling him to calm down. Just calm down. Tell the voices in your head you killed somebody. And the security guard's eyes get, like, huge. And he's like, hey, I know. Well, down the road, we'll find a motel, and we can burn it down. Lots of people will die in that one. (laughs) And they're just looking at him. So, I mean, of course, it ends the way it should end. They get together, they get along, and everything is hunky and dory and fine. Yeah, he shoots a kid with the pellet gun. He does. He gets even. (laughs) But it's a great movie. It It really is. is. It is a really great movie. I I like the when they're at the diner. Uh, when the, the first time they they get to the diner and uh, he's uh, the kid's sitting there and he's looking at the menu and he picks it up and it's just sticky. Yeah, the whole he, thing. He, he peels it apart. He's like, <laughs> and uh, the wait the waitress is like, oh, "What will it be, sugar?" He's like, "What won't make me vomit?" And then she looks over at over her shoulder at the at the cook and he looks back and he's like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah. So she grabs the menu. She just starts. I don't know. <laughs> but that's the best part is this is a kid that's never had to deal with yeah, anything like this. Yeah, it's a high society kid. Very like, much so. When there's a scene where uh, after they lose basically everything, um, they're in like this little, like a, like a, like a homeless sh- uh, homeless shelter. I yeah, guess. I think it is. Yeah, and uh, they go they go to eat, and he's he's pulling out these moist towelettes, and he's cleaning the silverware he's arranging his food just all properly and then he goes to take a, a, a some soup and he barely sticks his spoon and he's all yeah <laughs> that and the little girl that tries to steal oh, yeah, he's like, mine <laughs> I, 
it's just it's a good movie. It's yeah. it's one of those good make you feel good Thanksgiving movies. Check that one out, Dutch, nineteen ninety one. Uh, the next one on the list is probably hands down for me one of my favorite holiday movies of all time, and it's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And yeah, it is a good one. It's just so great. Uh, Neil Page, all he wants to do is get home for Thanksgiving. That's it. And from one thing to another, he can't. And he meets up with Del Griffith, the shower curtain ring guy. Yep. And they end up trying to pool their money together and get home to Chicago. Yeah, for Neil to his family this, and Del to his wife. It's Steve Martin and John Candy. Oh, it's fabulous. It is awesome. It is fabulous. And there are so many scenes in this one. That you know, you talk. One of my favorites is when they're driving down the highway, and John Candy is going the wrong direction on the yes, highway. Yes, and the guy rolls his window down and is like, "You're going the wrong way." <laughs> How does he know where we're going? And then he acts like he's <laughs> drunk. Okay, <laughs> and then he's got Steve Martin believing him too. He's like, "Yeah." How does he know where we're going? So it, it, there's just so many things about that movie. We we were talking about that. We could probably do a whole show on planes, trains, and automobiles. Oh yeah, yeah. easily. Uh, John Hughes, great movie. I'm trying to think of what other, you know, uh, the every hotel scene is fabulous. <laughs> every motel scene is great. You know, why, the, why are you holding my hand? Yeah, yeah. where's, my your, hand is where's between, your other hand? Between two soft pillows. Those are pillows. <laughs> there's that. There's. I mean. <sighs> I'm just trying to think of, uh, you know, the the airport. Oh yeah, and, and Ben Stein, <laughs> when he's talking to Edie McClurg there, yeah. and he's like, "You're not even flying today, no," <laughs> and he just tees off, and then he tees <laughs> off in a profanity laced rant to Edie McClurg because they they took him out in the middle of nowhere at one of their big rental car lots and dropped him off, and there's no car. Yeah. And then he can't he has to walk all the way back to the airport. <laughs> it, it's just a great movie. And you know what? It's funny, but it it has a deeper meaning. It really does. And and you know, I, I don't think you know, it came out in eighty seven, so I'm not letting any spoilers out of the bag. No. But the whole time Del Griffith, John Candy's character, is talking about getting back home to his wife for Thanksgiving. Yep. They finally get to uh, it's like a, a subway train. And Steve Martin's character goes to get on the train and he just has this feeling and he goes back and Dell is still sitting there and, and he explains to him that his wife has gone. Yeah. He is alone. He has no one. And he worked and worked and worked and he was never there or never around for her. And, and it's just that point and, and he ends up taking Dell back home for with his whole family to have Thanksgiving dinner and, and enjoy Thanksgiving dinner and it's just another and that's the way I think I think most holiday movies should be it's just another one of those things that makes you feel good it yeah. really does good happy ending there yeah did you did you have anything that you particularly sticks out that we haven't talked about well well going back to the car scene you you, you didn't mention the best part when there's there's two semis coming at them, and they squeeze in between them. And as they're all oh, there's there's a you know the, there's sparks flying everywhere. They look at each other. They turn into skeletons. And then Steve Martin looks back at John Cannon. He's just the devil laughing. <laughs> that that is hilarious. That and <laughs> and the car catches on fire. And then when they crash into the motel, and he's like, "Get in the car. Get in the car. Get in the car." <laughs> And the guy also, you, you know, we would be remiss to to talk about the, the car catches on fire and they're just sitting there laughing about it. 
and and then he figures that he stole his credit card <laughs> to get the rental car on. <laughs> it's in the car. <laughs> It's just a great film. Check that one out. Um, another one on the list with one of Ryan's least favorite people on the planet, Son-in-Law, 1993. This one's rated PG-13. Uh, Polly Shore, who played the same character he played in every movie in this one, I believe. The Weasel. Yeah. Um, country Girl Rebecca, who was played by Carla Gonino, I believe is her name. Uh, she begins college in Los Angeles, and she meets Crawl, which is Polly Shore's character. And she goes and brings him home for Thanksgiving. The first moment they're there, come to find out that her ex, her boyfriend, wants to ask her to marry him. She tells everybody that her and Crawl are are engaged already. Yep. And Lane Smith is in this. He plays her dad. Um, the kid from the Sandlot is in this movie as her brother. He's hilarious. <laughs> it and it just goes and it's like a fish out of water kind of movie, really. Yeah, because yeah. you got Polly Shore that grew up in Los Angeles, and I think she lives in like one of the Dakotas, and they I, I go it was home. Nebraska. I can't remember where it was. She, she lives somewhere in the country on a farm. Yes, and she takes him home, and he has to learn all these other things. Going fishing when he goes fishing, and the old grandpa drops. <laughs> he tried to kiss me. He tried to kiss me. <laughs> but the first and that, and the fact that the first time she he meets her grandfather, he's sitting on the bench and he's whittling wood, and he walks up to him and he goes. Bro, which one are you, Bartles or James? Now, if you're my age, you know exactly what he's talking about. Because they were wine coolers, and they were two old guys that advertised for it, and they sat on the, the porch all the time. <laughs> and she and the whole movie, he's asking her grandfather, can I please whittle wood with you? Yeah. <laughs> um, come to And then he, she ends, he ends up bunking in with the brother, come to find out the brother is a deviant, and he's got a Playboy collection, and he's really good with computers. And it's just one thing leads to another, and her boyfriend tri- tries to set up uh, Polly Shore into saying that he did something that he didn't do with Tiffany Amber Thiessen, who was yeah. the flavor of the month in the in the in the mid early nineties. It's it's just a really good movie. It really is. And you know, once again, we talk about a fish out of water because by the end of the movie, everybody has turned into crawl. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, my my favorite part was. Uh, when he goes to ki- when he goes to kill the turkey, yeah, and yeah. it and it ba- the turkey just dies. So quotation speak. mark. And then they go they bring it inside. They go pull the feathers out. They pull the feather out, and it comes back to life. It's a miracle. <laughs> the turkey fainted. And that was right as they were leaving to go fishing. He goes, "Oh, gotta go!" <laughs> he just walks out the door. It, it is. It's it's a it's a good movie. Uh, Polly Shore isn't as annoying as he is in most of the other movies at this time. Uh, yeah, it probably ranks below Encino Man as far as his annoying ability. Yeah, you know, you know this this was this was a decent movie, especially for when it came out. You know, I know a lot of people, uh, especially my mother, she loves this movie. I, we talked about that. Yeah. My mom loves this movie as well, ah. so it's it's obviously hit a chord with older people. Yeah, older women love Polly Shore. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I don't either. But. Yeah, but it's a good movie. If you haven't seen it, I rec- you know I do recommend this. I do recommend this one because it's it's a good movie for a Polly Shore movie. It it could have been worse. Could have been Biodome. It could have been, <laughs> could have been Biodome or Jury Duty. Oh yeah, yeah no. Okay, and the last one on the list isn't necessarily a movie movie. It was made for TV, but it is a, still a classic nonetheless. It's 1973's A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving. I love this little short. 
Every Thanksgiving, uh, we all, me and my family, always get around the TV and watch it uh, at least once uh, on Thanksgiving Day. And you know, it's it's got a good message. You know, basically, Peppermint Patty invites herself over to Charles Charlie Brown's house. No, Charles, like, she calls him yeah, Charles yeah. all the time. Chuck, Chuck, that's right. Yeah, Marcy calls him Charles. Yeah, basically invites her invites herself over, and then she invites Marcy, and then uh, she invite was it. Uh, what was his Duncan? I can't remember. I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah, so but she, the whole gang, basically. Yeah, so you know, there's a bunch of them coming over. She just invites her, herself over, and so Charlie Brown's uh, going to his grandmother's for Thanksgiving. So uh, they plan to have um, an earlier uh, Thanksgiving for the friends, and basically they have candy and toast, buttered toast. That's right. Yep, and Peppermint Patty throws a big fit because you know this is all they have, all the heat Chuck has, and then Marcy kind of has a a moment where she's like, "Well, did he invite you, or did you invite yourself?" You know, he gave you everything he pretty much had. You should be thankful for what you have. Marcy was always kind of the moral compass. She was of the Peanuts gang, yeah, which wouldn't bode well for her if she was on The Walking Dead, but. Still, usually moral compasses on Walking Dead don't last very long, but it, it is. It's it is. It's another one of those classic movies, and it starts with the football. Always <laughs> has to. Always has to start with the football. So there's there's our four Thanksgiving movies. Once again, uh, go check them out. Dutch, I found Dutch on I believe it was on Hulu, if I remember right, or uh, the Peacock. I found it on. Uh, it was HBO. on Max. It was on Max. Uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles will be on TBS. I guarantee it very uh, yeah, soon. Yeah, it was also on, uh, I believe it was, yeah, that one was on Hulu. On Hulu. Uh, Son-in-Law, you can find it out there as well. And uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, the home for all the Charlie Brown cartoons is Apple TV right now. Yes. You can watch them all on there. So uh, all the way from, you know, Great Pumpkin to uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving yeah, to Charlie a, Brown a Christmas. And they're making a new Charlie Brown And they are. Movie. They're making a new one. So go see these movies, or maybe you have a movie that is a Thanksgiving tradition for you. There's other ones out there. Uh, the Home for the Holidays yeah, with Holly Hunter, directed by uh, Jodie Foster, starring Robert Downey Jr. That one is out there. You can watch that one. There are plenty of other ones. Once again, just go on our website, go yeah. on our Facebook page, go on YouTube, and just tell us what you think. Dave, Dave watched an interesting one the other day. Uh, yeah, stay away. I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now. Stay away from Thanksgiving. Any of the movies in that series, I'm telling you right now, you have been warned. If you like cheesy, horrible, horrible horror movies, this one's for you. Maybe. Little Thanksgiving flair there. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we're going to talk about a couple of movies that do they really hold up? We're not sure. All right, in the souls, everyone quiet down. Dave and Ryan's movie review, segment three, and action. Every now and then something comes out and makes a huge impact. And sometimes that impact ages like a fine wine. And others, we just really want to forget. Like all the times we laughed at the Cosby show. Hmm. So tonight, Dave and Ryan will dig up a movie from the past, and they'll answer this really uncomfortable question. Does it hold up? All right, so it was only fair that we talked about, you know, movies that are so bad that they're good or brilliant. Yeah. This week, we, we have to turn the tables and ask, does this really hold up? 
Yeah. Um, I've much. I've picked a movie that you know maybe uh, some people know about, maybe some don't know about it, but the people that do know about it will probably be very upset with me picking this movie. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's a classic. It is a classic. But I just don't think it holds up anymore. And I am talking about 1983's Risky Business. All right. Definitely an R-rated movie. Yes. Uh, trustworthy son, Joel Goodson, played by Tom Cruise. This was before he got his teeth fixed. It was. Uh, he's an industrious, college-bound Chicago high school senior struggling to live up to his parents' expectations. We've all been there. Yeah. We've all been there. Uh, he has more than enough on his plate, but when mom and dad go off on vacation, uh, he kind of seizes an opportunity to live a little. Nothing in this movie that happened could happen today. No, no one would go on vacation and leave their children anymore. No. The other thing is she had this, it all kind of revolves around the egg, the crystal egg, you know? Mm-hmm. And he hires Rebecca de Mornay, who is... I, don't know. We've just got to think for ladies of the evening this week. <laughs> um, he hires her to come over. I know he pays her, but apparently he doesn't pay her enough because she steals everything in his house. Everything. Everything down to the egg. And so he and his friend, Curtis Armstrong, who was just the friend in movies this that in, in those days. Yeah. He was, a, he was Booger in Revenge of the Nerds. Uh, they run away from uh, Guido the Killer Pimp, played by Joe Pantoliano. I love him in this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> His dad has a, what has he got, a 928 uh, a Porsche. Bronson Pinchot is in this. is another one of yeah, his friends. I'm not sure. But they decide was. that to raise the money to pay her back to get all of his stuff back, he asks her and her friends to come to a party at his house and do what they do. And they have a big college party at the house. The house does get a little bit beat up, but he gets all of his stuff back in time for mom and dad to come home. So he basically opened up a brothel. He did, yes. That's what we'll call it that. Well, I guess the one thing is, what was it Stanford or Harvard? Uh, one of the schools. The yeah. guy from the school comes to visit him while he's having this big rager at his, <laughs> at his house. And the dad and the mom come home. The mom looks at her egg, and it's got a crack in it. So it's over for him. He's done. He can do nothing right. And the dad tells him that I talked to the guy from... Harvard and he was he, he was very impressed he says you were very fastidious and industrious and coming up with different things and you know new ways of problem solving and everything and he they could use a guy like you <laughs> so the guy comes must have had a really good time yeah must have had a great time <laughs> and uh, he gets into school here's like I said everything that happens in this movie could never happen now. Ever. Well, well, the whole sliding on the floor in your underwear can happen. Well, you? everybody's done that. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let's be honest. Everybody, that is the most iconic, one of the most iconic scenes of movies from the 80s. Yes. And everybody's done that. But, uh, you know, apart from uh, stealing dad's car and street racing, um, having a hooker come over to your house, <laughs> having everything in your house stolen. I, I mean, there's just so many things that go on in this movie. And the other thing is, this didn't happen in the summertime. He's in school while this yeah. is going on. I, I just, I don't understand it. It was one of his big roles. It could even be the role that put him on the map. I, I, actually, I think it is. And, and people kind of started to pay attention to Tom Cruise after Risky Business. But I'm just, for me, I, I don't think there's one part of this movie that holds up now. No, I... I'm not saying I, that I, no, kids I, couldn't do what he did. 
you know, it's it's still a good movie, but the things that happen in this movie, no, no, not at all. <laughs> uh, although one of those things might be a lot easier to do now because of the internet. <laughs> well, it's very true. You might not have to hire. Uh, anyway, we won't need to go into that. We let's, don't need to go into let's that. Not, let's not make a how-to, Dave. <laughs> no, let's not turn this into that. All right, it's your turn. You talk. <laughs> all right, so um, I went with uh, Clueless. Now, this was a really popular movie when I was in school. It came out in 1995. It was rated PG-13. It stars Alicia, uh, Alyssa, Alicia. Alicia Silverstone, Stacey Dash, Brittany Murphy, and Paul Rudd. Now, basically, Alyssa Silverstone, uh, Silverstone I'm just going to say your last just name. Just call her Cher. <laughs> so basically uh her her character is like uh, the most popular girl uh, at her school and you know this takes place in los angeles i believe it's hollywood high school is uh where they're it's either hollywood or they're the beverly hills she yeah. lives in beverly hills yeah so so it's it's one of the it's that you know very high class uh high school and basically she um trying to transform Brittany murphy's character into uh, someone of her social status and so she's trying to uh basically uh gives her a makeover tries to hook her up with this guy who isn't in love with her but's in love with you know silverstone's character and she ends up uh falling in love with her stepbrother stepbrother paul rudd but he's he's like a stepbrother once removed yeah which is still weird he still comes around still family but her dad says that yeah. You divorce you divorce spouses, not children. Yeah. And then, you know, Paul Rudd looks exactly the same in that movie than he as he does. I don't think Paul Rudd ages. He doesn't. He's a vampire. You didn't know that? I, I know that now. He's been accused of it many, many times. <laughs> yeah, he looks almost exactly like he did. You know, he, except for Paul the hair. Rudd. You know, he changed the hair, but mm-hmm. yeah. Uh so ba- basically she ends up uh falling in love with her stepbrother, which is like I said, is weird. And uh, at the end of the movie they, they they start dating, and uh, her her best friend Stacy, who plays uh, uh, Donnie, her Dion, Dion, because yes. they're all named after celebrities that had um, psychic hotlines. <laughs> I know this movie back and forward. I'm, I'm just putting that out there. All right. Well, does it hold up, Dave? I'm going to say no. I, I think that some of the gags in it, and some of the uh, the context to it, and even the dialogue, I think still somewhat holds up but it was a very niche movie yeah, for when that like, for when it came out uh dion's boyfriend right out of high school starts a cab service uh-huh. which yeah because you know that that happens uh-huh. you know a brand new high school kid starts a high class cab service you know th- this whole movie is just weird uh, even back in the day i thought it was kind of like an offish movie but i know like i said it was really popular um in my grade you know especially all the girls in our, my school they love this movie because i don't know why because they wanted to be them i sure why not that's you know uh here here's the thing about this movie you got Brittany murphy in this movie yeah. who is just a tragic tale really at the beginning of the movie and she just kind of gets taken under her wing and kind of becomes more than than alicia silverstone's character yeah, in, in she, school. she takes. She kind of takes the mantle of most popular girl. She does. For the moment there. She does. But the, one of the funniest things is when she's first getting at the school and everything, and she goes, oh, I should. I could really use some herbal refreshment." And they go, "Oh, we've got Coke here." And she's like, "Yeah, you guys got Coke?" And they look at her and goes, "Well, yeah, this is a really good school." <laughs> yeah, that's not the Coke she's asking for. <laughs> but there's lines like that in this movie, <laughs> and, and Paul Rudd's in this. And you know what? The other thing too, the other character that is great. Breckenmeyer in this movie is fabulous. 
the skater boy. Oh, yes. He is amazing. <laughs> when he shows up to school late and the teacher says, congratulations, and he gets up and he gives us an, ex- an acceptance speech. <laughs> and he's like, first off, I want to thank my mom and dad for never giving me a ride to school. <laughs> and then the crew at McDonald's for making those little tasty breakfast sandwiches. And the guy uh, that drives the, the bus at stop number 23, I want to thank him for taking a chance on a guy like me. <laughs> But there's and there's that's the whole way this movie kind of unfurls. There's just little moments like that that are funny. And when she the when uh, Elisa Silverstone realizes, well, probably mo- a little more than halfway through the movie how bad of a snob she really is. Yeah. And she kind of comes and has a heart to heart and and makes things work and that's when she realizes that she's in love with Josh, Paul Rudd's character. Yeah. Um she dates tries to date a gay man for a while. <laughs> yeah, which right off the bat, you you know, they, they didn't, you know, this is the 90s, so everything was over-the-top flamboyant. Yes. So it wasn't subtle at all. No, no. And that when he's talking about how she was actually thinking of, of that was the person that she was going to have sex with for the first time. Yeah. And Stacy Dash's boyfriend starts laughing, and they're like, what? <laughs> and he goes, he's a cake boy. <laughs> and he goes, she goes, What? She goes, he is a cake boy. He's gay. And she's like, nah. And then Stacy Dash looks at her and goes, oh, he does know how to dress. <laughs> <laughs> and Cher starts to have the wheels turn. And she goes, well, what would I bring to this relationship? There's just, there's certain points of that movie that are still funny today. Does it hold up, though? I, I don't think so. In the climate that we're in and, and the way people look at certain things now, I don't think that parts of it hold up. Yeah. But I think there's still funny parts to it. There is. I don't think this movie would be be made the way it was made back then no i I do think that it could be made today but it would have to definitely tweak towards uh the audience that's true and the other thing about clueless too is you've got to look at all the other movies that it kind of led into yeah you know legally blonde is a great example yes the craft yeah you know movies like that that were had these strong female leads in it that just worked as these teenage students yeah and honestly uh looking at the cast there's only really two actors that really kind of went on to have a really great career. You know, Paul Rudd Obviously, being one of them. Yeah. And then uh, Donald Faison. Faison, yeah, yeah, from Scrubs. From Scrubs, yeah. He went on. Uh, he was also in Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. You know, other than that, you know, most of them had kind of a mediocre, you know, successful, but not, you know, not as that status. You know, that, you know people will know Brittany Murphy from King of the Hill. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And from the fact that she's no longer with us. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for us this week. Next week, we're going to go see a Disney movie, Ryan. Are we? We are. We're going to go see Wish next week. We're going to talk about that when the show comes out. I wish you wouldn't spoil it for me. I know. When the show comes out next weekend, Thanksgiving will be over. So it's time to start talking about Christmas movies. Yeah. I'm going to have to wear my fat pants. I I do every day (laughs) just to be safe. All right. So once again... He's Ryan, I'm Dave, and until we talk again, go see a movie. Go see a movie.